0: Basketball coach starts petition to remove fans from select events amid racism allegations. Topeka, Kansas, <clears throat> WIBW a coach in Kansas has started a petition to remove fans from select sporting events following what's been called a racist incident. On Tuesday, Topeka high school basketball coach, George Gio Leon started a petition to remove fans from Valley center high school district high school sports In the petition line detains his team's recent away game against valley center where employees from the valley center high school failed to protect topeka high from racial slurs threats and disgusting taunts leon's petition currently has more than 8600 signatures according to leon's players and spectators They were called the N-word and threatened lynched among with further derogatory chants. Students from Valley Center were also reportedly seen passing around a naked black doll waving it at Topeka High School players. Leon said the administration and staff from Valley Center did not address any of the actions after being informed while the game was happening. Officials with Valley Center said the school district sent an apology to Topeka Public Schools and Superintendent Tiffany Anderson. The district said it was also made aware of a student bringing her class-issued doll to the game for an assignment. However, the administration noted that the doll was equipped with an internal recording device that was being passed around between students during the game. On Wednesday, Valley Center administration decided to cancel classes at all of its schools in the district due to the threats of violence them from the situation. Topeka Public Schools and the Valley Center School District has since released the following joint statement. As both districts work in a unified manner to investigate matters related to the athletics events on Saturday, we as superintendents are both committed to ensuring safe and respectful climate at school events. Inc- incidents that occurred when individuals did not conduct themselves in ways that reflect our commitment to supporting students have been handled and, are, and there are investigations that are ongoing. We will work together to ensure appropriate individuals are held accountable and work together to prevent such incidents in the future. It's important that all parties allow for investigations to occur and that we model for students ways to address adversity when it arises. Superintendents, as superintendents, we are working jointly to address these issues and uncover the facts about what occurred so that inaccurate information and rumors are not circulated since whoever was there was supposed to protect these students from these racial slurs and taunts they need to be fired the incident occurred in concerning that both needed community support and grace to allow us to complete the investigation. We continue to discuss between the principals and the superintendents as we investigate the issues. We do not support or condone the violence any or any language or behavior that promotes violence. We both remain prepared to hold individuals accountable if threatening language or behavior is displayed for disrupting the school event environment. you for all. Thank you for allowing the district to work together to fully investigate matters and address issues in cooperation with the Athletic Association. I don't know, I don't think much will be done In this situation I want to be proven wrong But uh You know As I've been told before Hold on one minute uh, Yeah So As you know, history is always shown In these types of situations Rarely anything gets done you know, unless it hits mainstream media hard, okay? That's it's unfortunate, but that's just, you know, how it is. But I hope he gets more signatures and uh, lawsuits are being um, implemented. But let's uh, talk about um, Ukraine now. Let's talk about how this lovely country where they say there's no Nazis, you have a woman that's in switzerland and she's trying to send money she's a ukrainian woman and guess who she's trying to send money to guess who she's trying to send money to let's check that out Hold on second Okay, here we are. Okay. The Ukrainian woman in Switzerland complains that the banks do not allow people to send money to Azov Battalion or the Ukrainian army. Apparently, the Swiss don't like supporting Nazis. For a second, the guy wants to send money to Ukraine for Azov, and they won't let him.
1: Uh, Говорят, хотят,
0: Saying they don't want him to send money to the army, just everybody turns their back.
1: <laughs>
0: People don't have cigarettes. They don't have food. They are lying in the trenches. No one told him to go, well, look, Azov Battalion are Nazis, and they are tying their people to flagpoles. I've seen videos on it again recently, and I see a man just getting whipped, butt naked in the cold, and he gets whipping him with a stick in the cold. All right. People don't like Nazis. They un- They read, they understand the history of Europe, what Nazis did to people. They don't like Nazis. The U.S. government is down with the nazis but not people not the american people who are awake and read the information
1: <laughs>
0: starting to realize most of these ukrainians on here that's they're very selfish and very self-centered they don't care that these people are nazis they don't care what they're doing to other pe- to their own people they just want to support them they do not allow in switzerland in switzerland it's forbidden to send money to ukraine for the war yeah here you go here's a man asking for a transfer and he is not allowed yeah people don't like no nazis there's a lot of things going on i mean government lying 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 okay and this is when Zelensky's talking about uh, for freedom, fighting democracy, but you're doing this to churches, begging for mercy. With Zelensky's ruthless war on religion in full swing, head of historic Eastern Orthodox monastery in Kiev records plea to Kiev regime to stop cracking down on Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Church does not interfere with in politics, says priest. But Zelensky's more than happy to call them a bunch of Kremlin-paid agents and take away the last source of hope people have in Ukraine, and that is God. Amen. It is. It's sad. All right. Oh, and let's check out what uh, Stephen Bandara, Canadian journalist, the grandson of Stephen Bandara, says that the war won't be finished until Ukrainian troops reach Moscow. Because according to the grandson of the, this Nazi Holocaust collaborator, Russia is the new Reich, and it is the it has to end like Berlin in 1945. Canadian has a, is a staunch denial of the involvement of his grandfather in the Holocaust. The, Cana- mm. the Canadian is a staunch denier of, of the involvement of his grandfather in the Holocaust. As you can see, he likes to twist history and betray victims as punishers. Russia lost more than 20 million to the Nazi invasion, supported by the grandfather of this excuse for a human being. All right, let's hear what he got to say. Moscow needs to burn about this question. When here in the West you explain
1: що Москва, uh, Москва пала. І на питанні коли тут на заході
0: пояснює something could, ex- could happen in Moscow.
1: Жахом, щось The
0: war needs to end in Moscow. They make square eyes,
1: surprise. Москві, вони роблять квадратні очі.
0: But then you remind one needs to remind them that then in
1: 1945 the war ended with Berlin. Look up Stepan Bandara
0: and you'll see um, how he poisoned the Ukrainian people with Nazi ideology and why people need to know more about this, Zelensky in Ukraine, and why people have to raise their voice and petition to no more money to Ukraine.
1: Uh, Berlin, Berlin, that, uh, should be Reich.
0: Meaning in order to annihilate the right, need to reach its, reach its Berlin. And in this case, it's Moscow. So he wants this, but Russia was against the Nazis. What are you talking about? Apple don't fall too far from the tree. This is Stephen Bandara's grandson.
1: Uh, znişити, treba do, do, uh, sick, sick man, man. Sick, sick man. All right. On to the next one. You talk
0: about the situation going on with the US power grids now
2: from havoc wasn't bad enough. Four four power substations in Tacoma, Washington, area were vandalized, knocking out power to more than 14,000 customers. In all cases, the sheriff's office says someone forced their way into the fenced area and damaged equipment. Officials have not disclosed the kind of damage caused, and no suspects are in custody. And it is still not known whether the attacks were coordinated or not. The attacks come as federal officials are warning that the U.S. power grid needs better security to prevent what they termed as domestic terrorism. A big outage in North Carolina earlier this month took several days to repair.
3: We are aware of other incidents that occurred in Oregon and Southern Washington, as well as the incidents from North Carolina earlier in the, uh, this winter time. So that's what we're looking into. Again, an open investigation can't share very many details, but we are aware of those things and we're going to see if any of this stuff is related to that.
2: The attacks have raised concern about the vulnerability of the U.S. power grid to sabotage many Substations are protected by little more than chain-link fences. In January, a U.S. Department of Homeland Security report warned that domestic extremists have been developing credible and specific plans since 2020 to attack energy infrastructure.
0: I will say this, and I've said it before, the government's trying very hard to have the people completely powerless completely uh at the mercy of um their whims and they can't catch the people who destroyed the power grid the last time the us power grid and you would just have chains around it No, no 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 this is an inside job inside job that's what they're doing pretty much So uh let me ask you a question, right? Let's say you have, you're Jamaican, right? And you have a bunch of whites and Asians. They come together and they want to build a hotel. You know, and you don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem with that, right? Right, no problem. No problem with that. But then they say that no blacks are allowed. So... uh how do you think that will go how do you think that will how do you think that will uh how do you think that will work work well hmm? to build it on your land and tell you you can't go there hmm. the lowdown since may 26 people online have been sharing the video that allegedly shows a fire started by angry jamaicans who burned down a motel in protest over the owners only welcoming Asian and white visitors. The video shared shows a burning building in the center of a frame while onlookers watch on, making comment. In reality, the fire shown in the clip took place on the evening of 8th of May. The cause of the fire is not yet known, but there is no evidence that it was in relation to the discriminatory entry practices. Asians and whites build a hotel in Jamaica and ban black people from going in. So Jamaican burn it to the ground. This is the caption of the video of a fire blazing in the Portland, Jamaica, circulating online. Let's have the video was amassed some 130,000 views with thousands of leaving comments. Okay? I mean, you have a lot of boldness of these races, right? Okay? And right, anybody could be a racist, regardless of your gender or the color of your skin. All right? Let's see. Oh, they can't play it. All right. How can these foreigners come to Jamaica and claim which part of the sea belongs to them and black people are not allowed to go there? Another Twitter post with 3,000 views rages. It's the earliest version of the story we've seen posted on the 17th of May, 2022. The same video has been viewed over 43,000 times on Facebook, but the story has been, mixed. Has been remixed to mention Chinese national capacity. The Asian foreigners. Hotels burned down in Port Antonio because the new owners only wanted to have Chinese and Asian visitors to go on a private beach. Use the hotel. On One onlooker said. Okay. If people burned them the hotel down. How can the foreigners come to Jamaica and claim which part of the sea belong sea beach belong to them and black people are not allowed to go on? Our birthright. right. Burn the hotel down, yes. <laughs> Burn the hotel down. Yaman. Yeah, A reshared version of the video from Instagram now on Twitter has managed to rack up more than 1 million views since it was posted on the 28th of May. Okay.
1: Hold on.
0: Hold on. Okay. Okay, you probably have some racists there and thinking that, you know, oh, this is wrong, this is vandalism. No, no, no. You don't disrespect, you know, foreigners and you're on their land. And then try to bring white supremacy there or rape. Being race, you don't try to do that at all. The fire shown in the video did take place on the month of May and was correct and as correctly stated in some of the captions the video shared it. It did take place in Portmore. But there is no variable indication that the fire was burned down to the kind of discrimination shared in the post. All right. We searched for the video by isolating the images of the fire and the cross-referencing them with reports of fires across the fires and motels across trusted Jamaican news site. We found that these two fires the established in Jamaica during the month of May, one unruly incident at a Chinese restaurant in St. Andrew, and other important report, and we came across several other instances of the, this video paired with the same rumor, yet official accounts that the fire had no mention of this. The is still unknown. The articles article made cleaner, for example, the fire at the damage is not yet known. Okay. Describes an incident took place at Griffiths Guest House in Titchfield Hill in Port Antonio, Portland, in which three two-room guest houses, two buildings, went up in smoke. The structure, once known as Scatia Guest, went up in flames shortly before 10 p.m. Three two-room proper property located on Queen Street, Port Antonio, formerly had three guests at the time of the blaze. Only one of the guests was on site at the time of the blaze. No one was injured. The property is part of the properties of Titchfield Hill. A heritage site with old georgian architecture updated all further suggests damage done by the fire it is the value of millions of dollars okay there have been several stories over the last few years that may have played into the wilder acceptance of this of this rumor as truth. In 2020, a Chinese restaurant in Ayun refused entry to local people. In Zambia, similar reports were made about discriminatory practices in a Chinese-owned restaurant. More closely to the region, there has long been discussion about preferable treatment foreigners receive in accessing local beaches and resorts over local people. While many of the stories are verifiable, the narrative attached to this particular story is unproven. Really? Look, man, I'm gonna be very honest with you. There's hundreds of stories of Asians they go to Africa and how they treat their African workers, how they treat Africans, how um, the corrupt African government will favor them and look past the abuses. They abuse their own African workers. Some have been beaten to death for asking for their money, for asking for a raise. Okay? There's a lot of things that Asians do to Africans. All right? Many Chinese businessmen. The article, you can look it up. Any Asian businessman excuse me, go to Africa and make black women single mothers and then go back to China. All right. There's a lot of that that happens. There's a lot of racism going on with uh when it comes to Asians. Not all, but hey, I shouldn't even have to say not all, you should know that. But there are instances of this. like there's instances of blacks being racist, there's incidents Indians being racist, the incidents of whites being racist. Okay, not everyone is a racist. This particular situation, this just to the racism that happens. Right? There's also been incidents of Asians throwing away black stowaways on ships into shark-infested waters. Okay. All right. On to the next story right now. Science fiction. Science says gain-of-function research has never actually, never actually provided real-world benefits. The alleged benefits of the dangerous gain-of-function research, such as the going on at the Wuhan Institute of Virology before the uh, pandemic, has never actually been manifested in the real world. Numerous science, scientists told the Daily Caller in the context of virology, gain-of-function refers research refers to experimentation that alters pathogens to make them more infectious, more deadly, or both. Some experts believe that the pandemic may have begun as a result of in-function research gone already. Theorizing researchers at the um, Wuhan Institute of Virology accidentally leaked the virus from the lab during the, this dangerous experimentation. It's a matter of public record. It's not a conspiracy theory that the Wuhan Wuhan um, Institute of Biology used NIH funding to conduct gain of function research between 2014 and 2019. Opponents of the gain of function research typically dismiss the idea that it could have played a role in the outbreak of the pandemic, claimed it has several medical benefits. Primarily, they argue it aids in vaccine development and gives researchers a head of the start on preventing future pandemics. Opponents, however, say those benefits are all theoretical. As far as I know, there are all theoretical, and no beneficial example. is the real world, in the real world, exists, Said Dr. Hideki Akiya, an engineering professor at Japan's University of Tsukuba. There is a slim chance again of something contributing to the therapeutics in the real world. It's often the case that scientists lie to get huge grants. Kakia compared gain-of-function researchers to seismologists in Japan collecting grant money for research on predicting earthquakes with little to no access. He wasn't the only critic to raise financial interest as a reason for scientists to promote gain-of-function research. I am not aware of any benefits from the general public that have come from gain-of-function research on dangerous pathogens. German physicist Ronald Wissendanger. Who specializes in nanoscience told the daily Call of there are only benefits for the scientists performing such research because they get a lot of taxpayers money for that while it remains unknown whether or not gain of function research or a lab leak played a role in the pandemic and may never be known lab leaks with dangerous patches happen before for example dozens of american researchers were exposed to anthrax as a result of an accident in 2014 and in 1978 the smallpox outbreak in Birmingham, England, was linked back to a lab leak. Such incidents included incidents involving bioweapons development, which is an area to which gain of function research is applied regularly, and the benefits are much more clear than biology. Gain of function research concerns have been zero, there's no zero civilian practical applications, Rutgers University microbiologist Richard Edright told the Daily Caller. Particular gain of function research concerns is not needed for and does not contribute to the developments of vaccine and drugs. Everybody went on to say farms to companies develop treatments for viruses that are already known and circulating among humans, not against ones that don't yet exist and aren't circulating among people. Valentine Brutal, an immunologist, at the University of Würzburg in Germany, he made a similar point. Developing a therapeutic can cost up to a billion dollars. No one would do this for a synthetic virus that only exists in a lab. Hmm. The mRNA vaccine platform were developed for other diseases and then adapted in the some days, so there is not even a month's time that can be saved by these extremely dangerous experiments, he continued. The Daily Caller reached out to multiple proponents of the gain of funds research, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, to ask them the same questions as the detractors. Could they name one example of a concrete real-world medical benefit that has come from such research? None responded. Still, those researchers are largely able to continue with their work, oftentimes funded by American taxpayers, with little oversight, even during a momentum on the funding data function work between 2014 and 2017, much of it continued to slip through cracks, including Wuhan Institute of Biology experts say. I do get the impression it slipped through the review with little attention, professor of molecular retro- retro- Retroology at the Pasteur Institute in Paris. Dr. Simon Wenz Hobson told the Daily Caller. He added, he can't explain with certainty why researchers are continuing to pursue work called science fiction. But that be surprised they haven't learned their lessons. The danger is worth whatever see benefits is. Yeah man, depopulation. Depopulation. That's basically what it is. That's what they're about. Hey, if there's no benefit to um, the real world, what logical purpose does it have? But to do people globalists, uh New World Order, Bill Gates type of stuff. Basically. It's like U.S. military families are super annoyed right now. I wonder why. U.S. military families sue over ISIS payments. Relatives of three Americans reportedly target French cement giant Lafarge after federal conviction. Citing a recent judgment against the French cement maker Lafarge in U.S. federal court, families of two Navy, U.S. Navy sailors and one retired Marine who were killed in Syria, Iraq, and Syria were are seeking damages from the company as well as ABC News reported. Islamic State terrorists once claimed large portions of Syria and Iraq, including the northern Syria town of Jalabiya. Where Lafarge had built a massive cement plant before ISIS and other jihadist groups operating in the area forced the plant to close, the French company paid them over $6 million in bribes, for which the, a U.S. court provided whoa, $7,077.8 million in October. The first prosecution of a company for supporting terrorism has created a precedent that relatives of three Americans killed by terrorists says entitles them to compensation two. Defendants' defendants payments to and business partnership with ISIS provided ISIS the seat capital it needed to transform from a fledgling militia in the early 2010s into a brutal terrorist behemoth with the capability and intent to kill Americans. The lawsuit alleged, according to ABC, which first reported it on Sunday. Since LaFarge has already admitted to paying millions of dollars to ISIS, the lawsuit is intended to hold it accountable to the military families devastated by its heinous and unlawful conduct. An attorney with the law firm, Jenner and Block, told the scene. relatives of David Berry, Chief Petty Officer Jason Finan, and Senior Petty Officer Scott Cooper Dayton described the mental anguish extreme emotional pain and suffering they have suffered as a result of their death Barry was killed in january 2015 in the isis attack on the parental hotel in tripoli libya he was a retired marine working for a private contractor at the time pennon and dayton were killed by impoverished improvised explosive devices IEDs, blamed on the ice one in iraq in october 2016 and other in syria a month later Lawsuits accuse La party of giving money and cement to both ISIS and Al Nusra front terrorists. Various jihadist groups had rebelled against the Syrian government in 2011, outside backing and ended up controlling the area around the cement plant in Jalabia. The French company paid bribes in order to continue operating the plant until ISIS took over in 2014, forcing them to ev- evacuate all foreign staff al Nusra was ally- allied with al-qaeda but in january 2017 renamed itself as hayat tara al-sham hds many of his militants posed as model moderate rebels to obtaining training and weapons from the u.s which sought to overthrow the government in damascus documents published in september 2020, 2021 by the turkish and i'll do agency showed that lafarge have been working with french intelligence, feeding them information about isis and other terrorist groups it's kind of showing you that it's really it doesn't make any sense joining the u.s military because of the fact of you know some way somehow the u.s government has its hand with these terrorist organizations they're in bed with them. then when something happens they have to play like they didn't know anything and they have to uh you know play it off that this is a horrible situation we'll get to the bottom of this okay. ukraine is run by screwed up people u.s instructor video shows the founder of the mozart group andrew milburn admitting key forces have committed atrocities uh-oh uh, <clears throat> excuse me uh-oh Zelensky, so you got some explaining to do ukraine should not be placed on a pedestal in the west attempts to support the country in the conflict with russia it's according to andrew milburn founder of the mozart group which has been providing training for enforcing. the retired marine commander shared his experience and conclusions for working in ukraine during an appearance on the team house podcast last month attention the video which had only amassed some twenty thousand views since it Posted was drawn by Gray Zone editor Max Borfamento on Monday. During the post, Milburn stated that Ukraine is a corrupt, screwed up, a corrupt, screwed up society. You think? While he stressed that continued Western support for the country was important and justified by the need to uphold global norms, what he suggested that the whole point was not about Ukraine? I have a Ukrainian flag tied to my bag i am like i'm not like oh my god ukraine is so awesome because i understand there are plenty of screwed up people running ukraine milburn said admitting that he really that he's really not a big fan of the country but you have but you have their flag which stands for white supremacy interesting he also stated that the number of things that these forces do with russian POWs violate the hall convention on the laws of armed conflict especially when it comes to filming interrogations of captured russian soldiers and posting them online Fillmore noted that trainers from Mozart Group don't condone such acts and have always tried to distance themselves from any unit that showed themselves videos of killing Russian POWs. We've been showed those videos plenty of times, he said, adding that there were plenty of atrocities that he training forces all kinds of atrocities to go around. Alright. After months of Ukraine training soldiers, retired colonial Andrew Wilburn of a most other mercenary firm gets sauced on camera and spilled the beans. Ukraine is a corrupt, screwed up society run by screwed up people. Ukrainians kill dudes who surrender, commit atrocities. Let's see what he got to say. Let me be very honest with you. I don't, you know, he's, he's trying to make himself look good and he's a mercenary contractor. So, yeah, you know. He's not a good person
3: to begin with. It's a corrupt, fucked up society. let mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not. I'm not a big f- fan of uh, Ukraine. Oh, what is that? This is uh, take their money though.
0: Uh, Buffalo Trace. Um, uh,
3: okay. And the and the Ukrainians are in violation of um, the Hague Convention. They 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 a i forget the exact phraseology but it is we we looked at this closely and it's uh yeah they they should be no filming of uh the, the phrase the the yeah man they uh, sodomize um
0: russian pows and they make memes out of it it's messed up it's really
3: really messed up they're sick people sick terminology is bringing attention blah 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 to media um and yes the ukrainians are violating that you know i absolutely there's they and and there are they're filming of a number of things that they're doing with uh uh pow's is violating law of law of armed conflict and he can't guys right killing the russian prisoners is
4: right and it's interesting because in the past, in you know, you know, you like Latin America or whatever, if U.S. Uh, forces or employees were involved with any force that committed, you know, yeah. war atrocities or, or right whatever, back, right? you have to, yeah, yeah you're yeah. done. Yeah. But we're obviously not going to pull our support from Ukraine at this. Well, time. I
0: mean, I mean
3: to, you know, these oh, violations. it's atrocities. No, yeah. I mean, it still is. I mean, you, you shouldn't kill. You shouldn't kill dudes who, I mean, everyone knows who surrendered. I mean, um, and, the, and the, there was plenty of that. But my point is, it's not about Ukraine. We're not like, I happen to have, you know, your Ukraine flag tied to my bag, but I'm not, oh, my God, Ukraine's so awesome. No, because it's, I understand that there are plenty fucked up people running Ukraine. It's not about that. It's about
5: global
3: norms, right? Right. right. That's about Putin. It's like allowing dudes in the 21st century like Putin to do what they want to do. It's a just... Look,
0: Putin may not be a good guy. He may have his ways, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not supporting Nazis. I'm not supporting Nazis. Okay? Anybody that's attacking a, uh, a Nazi... A uh, country, a country that supports Nazis. Hey, I'm definitely not going to feel sorry for that country being attacked because you embrace Nazis. This stress, however, that most of the groups, most of the groups trainers have dealt with, were very professional. Did not resort to such acts. All Milborn Mozart Group claims charity status is considered to be among the largest private military companies currently working in Ukraine and has been providing military training to Ukrainian soldiers since the early days of the conflict. However, it also has been the source of several damning reports on the dark underbelly of East Armed Forces. Back in August, Milburn was quoted by CBS News in a since-deleted report that revealed how Western supplied weapons were disappearing in Ukraine and popping up on the black market. Recently he was also quoted by Newsweek in a report revealing that Ukrainian military was seeing casualty rates of 70 percent or more country of uh, to official Kyiv's claim. Yeah. So Zelensky's ordering men to go and fight this war, but they're not getting the weapons from the West and they're ending up on the black market. And as I've said before, these men who are forced to fight for Zelensky, you have to fight in their commercial vehicles at times a civilian vehicle you're not even getting medical proper medical uh supplies <laughs> your own higher-ups are selling them okay and the mercenaries that joined the, the fight for ukraine they're getting it worse because the commanders if they don't like you they'll just say go over there into this field knowing that field got landmines you end up dead okay or they put bugs in your ears saying, you do this, we'll pay you, and they won't pay you. So it's brutal hell for these uh, Ukrainian men and these Azov battalions. Okay. Now let's see a comment from Western media and, le- and leaders lie to U.S. for wars. The dude probably saw how brutal the Ukrainian Nazis were tortured from Russian prisoners in total misery, agony, and pain. That is far worse than getting few bullets back to head. When a military man talks about violating Geneva Convention on rules for the war, and this bloke even feels sorry for Russian POWs. It should tell you how brutal, and barbaric, and much pain the Ukrainian Nazis torture the POWs. Most probably, those who the POWs won't survive. They are tortured for maximum pain and give joy to Nazis right before they kill them. This is why you should never surrender to extremists. It's better to run towards the extremists with a knife than taking than taking in a hail of bullets and die than to surrender and get tortured for information. Then later tortured personal enjoyment of the enemy and die that is far much worse just die with the extremists never let them capture you all right there's another one the final paragraph in the article said all regarding truth and u.s politicians that allege news media in ukraine the truth is censored out of the reports and u.s politicians deliberately parrot only what their prejudices their preconceived mindsets allow Milburn's assertion that despite all of that more the u.s should continue to aid ukraine to maintain global norms and it's not about ukraine it's rather bizarre as he basically limits honesty and good moral sense. you have to because um bill burke's a mercenary this is his job he goes wherever they pay them the money to train other people doesn't matter if they're terrorists doesn't matter if they're nazis he's a mercenary he's a serial killer that that takes plastic that's basically what he is people in the West are too dumb to realize that Zelensky is the soft face of deep-rooted corruption. He's an actor, comedian and all necessary qualities of the front Basically, man. Basically. Alright. And it's sad. This is what's going on. It truly is. Time right. to look at this this story right here. Absolutely a joke now. Absolutely a joke. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. oh man. Oh man. I mean uh, sometimes it's embarrassing being an American. It really is. It's very highly embarrassing. Sensitive U.S. military data found on eBay, New York Times, German computer enthusiasts reportedly bought gadgets containing information on two of 2,600 people from Iraq and Afghanistan. German Computer Club purchased several biometric capture devices on eBay and found that they still contained fingerprints, iris scans, and photographs and descriptions of thousands of people who, were, who interacted with the U.S. Army in Iraq and Afghanistan, according to the New York Times. Inspired by a 2021 article on the Taliban seizing similar biometric devices following the U.S. patrol from Afghanistan, Matthias Marx and members of the Chaos Computer Club in Berlin purchased six such devices on eBay. The newspaper reported on Tuesday, one of these machines is a secure electronic enrollment kit, C2, that cost Marx $68, contained scans taken at detention facilities on patrols following a roadside bomb attack and on local stuff. The device had last been... Used near the Afghan city of Kandar in 2020, 2012. Most of the individuals whose data continues were from Iraq and Afghanistan, several were considered the terrorists by the US. The C-12 is a shoe-sized device capable of recording fingerprints, iris scans, and photographs. It stores this data on a memory card, allowing soldiers to compile biometric information while on the move and upload it later to a military database. Had the U.S. military simply removed the device's memory card, Marx and his team would not have been able to see the personal information of the 2,632 people. It was disturbing that they didn't even try to protect the data, Marx told the Times. They didn't care about the risk, but they ignored the risk. After the U.S. withdrew its forces from Afghanistan last August, the Taliban reportedly carried out a wave of reprisals weapons. According to the Human Rights Watch, militants targeted among others locals who were working with U.S. backed Afghanistan army the Taliban leadership rejected human rights watch claims, describing them as slander against the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. A 2nd seat to last week in Jordan, 2013, contained fingerprints of scans of a small group of U.S. service members. The Times stated, noting that their, that according to the U.S. military, this information would have been stored during a training session. Pentagon said that it is not able to confirm the authenticity the data called on the Chaos Computer Club to return the device to the U.S. Marks, told the Times that he plans on deleting the data after presenting its findings at a hacker event in Berlin this week. They don't even have to return it. What are you going to do? It's your fault. All right. Ah, clowns, clowns, man. Sometimes you don't even have to go to the circus. You can just read about it and be entertained. All right. Well, let's check out these uh, father and son duo. Let's check out what they did. All right.
2: A Florida pastor and his son were just arrested, accused in a COVID relief fraud scheme with a massive price tag, $8 million. Investigators say Evan Edwards and his son, Josh, used federal COVID relief funds in an attempt to buy a luxury home near Walt Disney World. I want to bring in NBC's Laura Strickler, who broke this story for us. So, Laura, prosecutors outlined the accusations, I think, back in 2020 in court papers. So what happened between now and then to lead to this arrest?
6: So, thank you, Chris. And back in 2020, the Edwards family told the federal government they were running a multi-million dollar ministry, helping the poor with 450 employees. But in fact, they had almost no money and the only employees were themselves. Nevertheless, they got $8 million from the federal government through the Paycheck Protection Program. And as you know, that program provided $800 billion in loans to struggling businesses and saved millions of jobs. But it was also plagued with fraud. Some estimate the fraud to be $80 billion. In this case, federal authorities were on to the Edwards family early. They started asking questions. They pulled them over as they were fleeing the state in September 2020 they found inside their car, the family had a brand new paper shredder and garbage bags filled with shredded documents. Law enforcement recovered the money, but for some reason they let them go. So five months ago, NBC News did a story with Stephanie Gosk about the case, which raised questions as to why the family had never been arrested. Today a source familiar with the investigation told us our previous reporting led law enforcement to prioritize the case. And so today they're in custody.
0: I'll just say they have the right complexion for the protection. That's basically what it is. If they were black all over them. Like white on rice in a snowstorm.
2: Laura Strickler, I mean, it's almost unbelievable the story, but it's fascinating as well. And and good for you, good for Stephanie and for our investigative team. Thank you so much
6: for that. Thank you. It's
0: sad, man. It's it's sad. I mean, don't people get it? I mean, you can't be doing this stuff. All right. This money is for. People who actually have businesses that have went under during covid. And you just ruin it for them and they're going to put put on some tighter restrictions if they feel like it, but they're probably having more fun. Just, you know. Just catching people, just just literally just catching people with this stuff. Hilarious.
7: Let's shift our attention to the United States. The world knows about America's military might. The US military has a global reach. It can demonstrate its power in any theater of conflict. But the same fighting force has a dark underbelly. And in the next few minutes, we will tell you about an expose that embarrasses the American military. The U.S. operates multiple military bases in the Persian Gulf. In at least four bases, workers became victims of abusive labor practices. Who were these victims? Foreign workers, those who were hired by defense contractors. There is a long list of infractions. The details have been published by the Washington Post and the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Let's tell you what these workers went through. They were prevented from leaving their homes or looking for new jobs. There were thousands of these migrant workers employed at these bases. Their passports were confiscated. They were saddled with massive debt. And they were denied release papers once they left. More than 30 current and former workers have blown the whistle. They made these complaints public in separate interviews. There are court documents that describe these abuses in detail. And as you read through these reports, the details of the crimes committed by the contractors only get more horrific. There are claims of labor trafficking. In the past five years, the Pentagon has responded to 176 cases. There were more workers who were trafficked. How many more? According to another report, thousands of workers were trafficked into labor. They were brought in by private contractors to the US basis. These contractors acted like middlemen. They promised lucrative jobs to these workers. And to get these jobs, the workers paid extremely high recruitment fees. In one of the cases, a worker paid as much as $10,000 for a job. You heard that right, $10,000. Many workers took on debt in search of a better life. But once they moved to work at the U.S. military base, their nightmare started. Workers were forced to accept a salary that was less than what they were promised. They were pressured to sign improper contracts. They had to work long hours. And in some cases, they even faced physical abuse. Clearly, the military contractors were at fault here. But what about the role of the Pentagon? What did the US Defense Department do about this? Well, their response leaves a lot to be desired. The Pentagon acted in 176 incidents. This was between 2017 and 2021. But there were clearly more workers who needed help. In 2020, there were substantiated violations in more than 900 cases. Confirmed reports of military contractors abusing over 900 workers.
0: You got to understand, this is the type of military that for decades, they have uh, had um, sexual abuses going on, women getting murdered, men getting murdered. I've heard so many stories, okay, murders that haven't been solved, and you can't expect much less from the U.S. military to go even lower, all right? countries the military has gone to war over drugs to continue the drug market okay that's what I say it's it really doesn't make any it, it's not it's a huge risk to join the military a huge risk you risk getting sexually assaulted and you risk seeing things that if you even dare try to talk about it you'll get Pat Tillman look up Pat Tillman If you wanna know why I use that type of reference.
7: But the Pentagon does not like sharing this information. In fact, they have not revealed the names of the contractors found guilty of violations. And this is despite repeated requests. How does the US Department of Defense respond to these reports now? The Pentagon has put out a statement I'm quoting the Department of Defense promotes the US government's zero-tolerance policy on trafficking in persons. The department continues to work diligently on combating human trafficking because these activities violate human rights and harm our national security mission quote unquote. Clearly workers working for American bases deserve better. The US government has a responsibility to take care of them instead. They are becoming targets. What are clear violations of basic human rights?
0: But the reason for this is because the U.S. government got stiffed with money that was deserved for them because all that money went to Zelensky for the Ukraine war. Well, look it up. Okay. They got stiffed right on Christmas. And now they are resorting to this type of crap. Not justified but this is what's. This is possibly the reason why.
7: Yes, those same rights that the Biden administration promises to uphold.
0: Oh, and also the fact that veterans are spilling the beans to their kids and other people and talking about why they shouldn't join the military and what they had to do and what they had to witness and what they gotta live with for the rest of their lives. So that's probably dropping down the morale to even want to join the military.
7: Time and again, President Joe Biden, pledged to make the US government more accountable, he cannot fulfill that promise until he appoints the much needed watchdogs to oversee his massive military force.
0: That ain't gonna happen because there's things that he's doing that he wants nobody to know about. That's why. But let's look at what South Korea has reported. Yeah, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if that gets leaked over here. That's all I got to say.
7: And as the world is still trying to recover from the Wuhan virus, if you think the worst is behind us, i have some bad news for you another deadly microorganism has been found and this time it's an amoeba called Naegleria fowleri, or to put it simply the brain eating amoeba what does it do it doesn't only target your immune system or lungs it can attack your brain hence the name brain eating amoeba And this amoeba has sent alarm bells ringing around the world after claiming its first victim. The Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency or the KDCA has confirmed the deadly microorganism has killed a South Korean national in his 50s. The man had returned from Thailand on the 10th of December. And the very next day, he was hauled to a hospital. He showed early symptoms of meningitis. He suffered from headaches, fever, vomiting, slurred speech. The doctors conducted several tests, and what they found was terrifying. The man's body contained a gene that was 99.6% identical to that of a meningitis patient. You see, in meningitis, the protective membranes around the brain and spinal cord get infected. It can lead to seizures and permanent brain damage. And if it is not treated promptly, it can lead to deaths. And that has what, what, is what has happened with the South Korean National. He died 10 days after being admitted. Meningitis can be caused by a host of virus and bacteria. But for this man, it was caused by the brain-eating amoeba. Let's understand this deadly pathogen. Now, Gleria florae, is a free-living amoeba. It is commonly found in soil and for warm fresh water like lakes, rivers, and hot springs. It can enter your body when you go swimming or diving and ingest contaminated water through your nose. It's a common assumption that freshwater bodies are free of harmful bacteria, but that is not always true. So you might want to think before diving headfirst into a river. Not just that, you can also get infected if you clean your nose with contaminated water. Now we don't mean to scare you, but people have been infected from recreational waters as well. That was when the pools were not adequately chlorinated. Now imagine going to a water park and coming back with a deadly infection. Who would have thought? And what happens once it enters your body? The amoeba directly aims for your brain. It destroys the brain tissues and causes meningitis. The symptoms can typically be observed within five days of infection, but it has an incubation period ranging from one to 12 days. And the most concerning part is the infection is almost always fatal. It has a death rate of 97%. But thankfully, it is a rare disease. As of 2018, over 380 cases have been reported across the world. This includes the U.S., China, Thailand, Japan and India. So far, America has reported the highest number of cases. 154 U.S. citizens have been infected since the 1960s, out of which only four have survived. Now, South Korea has reported its first ever death from the brain-eating amoeba. And the way it has happened may remind you of the COVID-19 pandemic. A person goes overseas and gets infected. He returns to his country, gets admitted and dies. Now again, we don't aim to incite fear. But it is inevitable to draw parallels in a post-pandemic world. In the recent years, we have realized that small microorganisms can bring an entire world to a halt. It can cause millions of deaths and topple economies. And with new variants being discovered so frequently, it's only natural to be wary of infections like this one, especially when it has such a high death rate. KDCA says the odds of human-to-human transmission of the amoeba are low but it has still asked the local residents to take precautions. This is what the KDCEA head Ji Young-mi has said in a press release, I'm quoting. To prevent the infection, we recommend avoiding swimming and leisure-related activities and using clean water when travelling to areas where cases have been reported. The risk of infection is not high, but most cases start through swimming, so it's best to be cautious. The infections are likely to occur in summer months as the amoeba thrives in higher temperatures. Cases are commonly reported among males under 14 years. The precise reasons for that are not known, but it could be because children of that age are more likely to indulge in water activities. Unlike COVID-19 cases that start skyrocketing in the winter months, we are relatively safe from the brain-eating amoeba at this point in time. But who knows if a new variant is detected in the near future? If the KDCA has urged the residents to take precautions, it might know something that others do not. So it's best to be safe. The world cannot afford to witness another global disease disaster. We are now available. In-
0: and that, that is is uh, that that is pretty scary. It really is. Um, I listen to most of it. And uh, we're in a time of uh, germ warfare. You don't believe me. Oh, yes, we are. We're in a time of germ warfare. And that's what the, that's what's happening right now. All right. Also, we're also dealing with uh, a lot of sick people in this world. A lot of sick people doing a lot of sick things. And it's people like to go out, club. Let's take a look at this story. Let's take a look.
8: Allen is the Bronx man accused of the two murders in downtown Manhattan, and we're told he could soon be facing more charges in his home borough. Meantime, the NYPD has revealed at least six people have died from fatal overdoses since March. Robbery was the motive. There is finally some movement in the mysterious overdose deaths tied to Manhattan nightclubs, Midtown and downtown.
9: It was a mix of lidocaine, um, fentanyl, cocaine. Um, and we believe the lidocaine is what really had the effect on uh, incapacitating these people.
8: At least 26 druggings and robberies since March. In six cases, the victim died.
9: We believe that our perpetrators are targeting individuals that are coming out of the bars late at night because they're intoxicated. Uh, they're approaching them, offering them, could be a cigarette in some cases, other cases um, it could have been, you know, narcotics. A law enforcement source told us
8: there are definitely two separate robbery crews operating. The guys who are primarily targeting the gay clubs are one crew. Kenwood Allen is part of another crew. Right now, the overdose death of Brooklyn social worker Julio Ramirez, last seen alive outside the Ritz Bar, a gay club in Hell's Kitchen, remains unsolved. So does the death of political consultant John Umberger in late May, who was seen leaving the Q NYC sandwiched between two men. He and Ramirez had similar toxicology results. The two consistencies with Julio Ramirez and my son John are fentanyl and lidocaine.
9: They target their victims leaving bars, then either through force or when the victim passes out, they remove jewelry, money, high-end watches, and phones from their victims.
8: John Umberger had $23,000 cleared out of his accounts. $17,000 $17,000 was swiped from the accounts of Julia Ramirez. Other victims who survived druggings contacted Pixel 11 News. In one case, robbers stole the phone of a knocked-out college student and took an Uber to downtown Brooklyn before returning to Manhattan for a shopping spree in SoHo.
9: We had multiple cases, over 26 cases, um, pretty much all the same.
8: The two victims in the Kenwood Allen murder case were found on the Lower East Side. The same general area where Julio Ramirez was discovered dead in the back of a cab. And now, once again, we're learning about two more overdose victims who were dumped in the Bronx. Kenwood Allen is under
0: This is a very dangerous times. People think they could go back and, you know, just live as you used to live. No, you can't. It's not It's It's not that way no more. It's not okay and people are opportunists now people are maybe lost their jobs and they feel that this is right this is no way justified and i hope that he gets the book slammed at him because what he did here was wrong okay he basically um destroyed lives okay Second, and um, we have a development here, okay You have one person that's been charged already I think he's been charged, yeah Let's get into this story right here I think they, I think they charged him now Second amoeba is called negra how racist well i didn't know that it's called negra, but hmm. okay One second So, I think they charged him now.
9: ...element in a murderous crime spree in Manhattan today. People drugged, many of them at bars, and several of them have died this year. A second person now under arrest in a chain of evil crimes that happened over a nine-month period from March to December on the Lower East Side. Several other suspects are still on the loose. Here's our news reporter, NJ Burkett.
4: The victims were targeted as they left...
9: Nine months? That is
0: some... St- Whoa serial killer stuff. This is some Ed Buck type of stuff.
4: Bars and nightclubs in Manhattan. Detectives say they were drugged and robbed. 26 victims since March of this year. Six of them died of drug overdoses. Today, NYPD detectives announced the first murder charges. 33-year-old Kenwood Allen was arraigned in Manhattan Criminal Court this afternoon, charged with two murders. But prosecutors said other homicide charges are expected for, quote, Others that did not survive.
9: They target their victims, leaving bars, offering drugs in some cases.
7: Then either through force or when the victim passes out, they remove jewelry, money, high-end watches, and phones from their victims.
4: Police officials identified the victims as 29-year-old Nurbu Shira of Queens and 26-year-old Ardijan Berisha of South Salem, New York. Pictured here on a GoFundMe page. Detectives say they died from a lethal cocktail of drugs, including fentanyl and lidocaine, intended to incapacitate them.
9: We believe the lidocaine is what really had the effect on uh, incapacitating these people.
4: Several others have been arrested on a variety of charges, including robbery. Just one of at least two gangs of thieves targeting the Manhattan nightlife scene. Many suspects remain at large tonight.
7: When you're in bars, when you're out drinking, be very cognizant
4: of your drinks. And late this afternoon, this statement from the Manhattan DA, quote, nobody should have to worry that a night out at a Manhattan bar with friends could end in tragedy. This murder indictment is the result of a long-term and ongoing investigation with our law enforcement partners to keep our city safe. End quote. Alan pleaded not guilty at his arraignment, but more charges including homicide charges are expected. And police say their investigation is not over tonight.
0: I wouldn't want Alvin Bragg trying to make any type of statement because Alvin Bragg is the same person that tried to, he's for the criminals. He's not for the people. He's really for the criminals. Okay, There was an uh, incident where an old man, uh, he was a clerk and he told this lady, you don't have money on your card. You're going to have to leave. Okay. Then the lady sends a boyfriend to attack this old man who was a clerk in the store. And the man had the clerk had to defend himself and he stabbed the guy. And Alvin Bragg was trying to have that man put in prison for defending himself. All right. There was another issue of a woman who defended herself against her ex her um, separated husband husband, ex-husband, or she was separated from him. He was drunk and tried to, he was attacking her and she killed him in self-defense. Alvin Bragg wanted to have her still in prison. But thankfully people petitioned and um, it was overturned. So Alvin Bragg is not the person to be talking a message. Right message, wrong person. Okay. Now here's the last uh, last video, the last uh, story I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. This is a wild one right here. Extremely wild. Okay. Here we go.
5: Teams have been out here for four and a half hours since that call came in, and I'm still seeing investigators going in and outside of the home. But right now, I want to point out something outside the home, right behind my shoulder, this white SUV on the corner. Police say that car belongs to a man who's been known to frequent the house. They say right now they are searching for that man and his son as the medical examiner works to find out who was killed inside. Police responded to this home on East Snyder Avenue around 6.30 this morning. They say family came looking for a father-son duo and found a lot of blood. When they found the blood, they immediately stopped searching, called us, and
9: then 3rd District Police were the ones who discovered the body.
5: Officers found a man face down in a freezer in the basement of the house with a knife nearby.
9: There is a lot of blood and there is a bloody knife with a large blade. So our, when our detectives get here in crime scene, they're going to take their time and eventually they'll remove the body.
5: Neighbors we talked to say they've been nervous lately after getting multiple reports of a man with a knife on their citizens app over the past month. Chief Inspector Scott Small says while he's not aware of those reports, police will look into all nearby areas incidents as they investigate this homicide.
8: For so people to wake up and see this, there's a Friday Christmas coming up, and it's a bad uh, way to solve the holidays.
5: There are multiple cameras in the neighborhood, including a ring doorbell on the house where this homicide investigation is unfolding right now. Police confirm with me they're working to get that footage, and they hope whatever they find can help them narrow their search for a suspect. Live in South Philadelphia, Brenna White, NBC
0: it's crazy out here a lot of people losing their lives on the holidays that's one thing they don't talk to you about the holidays man that there's a lot of suicides we had a person you know she held up a walmart employee at gunpoint she lost her life uh this is that's what they don't tell you about the holidays there's a lot of suicides a lot of pain especially during this pandemic thoughts and prayers to the family seeing there's a father and son duo and, you know fathers shown dead it's a lot alright so um Hope you enjoyed the stream. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Also on Rumble. Critical Thoughts 791. Okay. Like, share, comment, subscribe.